0: What's up, everybody, and welcome to the official PlayStation podcast of the KT Data Network. We are the Little Big Cast. On today's show, we're joined by special guest Robin Hazlett, who spills the beans on gender roles in Final Fantasy VII. Drew basks in the plush ball pit of KT's anime collection. What else are you gonna Jeff bask in? Jeff bemoans what's that? So, what else are you gonna bask in? You, you know what? Those plushy ball pits are uh, are something special. And Jeff. But moans the loss of Snow White's head. That poor girl. All this and more coming up on episode 23, ladies and gentlemen. Episode 23 of the Little Big Cast. Go ahead and kick it off, KT. what's up everybody welcome to episode 23 of the little big cast my name is jeff hawks i'm your host for today's show and with me today as always drew tyler
1: hey welcome good to be here glad to be here. it's another day whatever let's do this it's
0: another day and uh <laughs> we actually have a special guest today uh rob dr robin hazlett is uh so throw the doctor in there make sure you say dr hazlett <laughs>
2: Oh, no, 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 Not, not Doctor Quite yet. I haven't defended the dissertation, <sighs> but hey, you they run the me thing. through all of it.
1: You I just know, write the thing. That's all you have to do. I know do. you
2: write the thing, and then you, you bleed. That's
0: so great, soon <laughs> to awesome. be, we have a soon to be doctor on the program. So uh, it's a very special day. Oh. Um, yeah, and we, we're, I'm excited guys. It's been a long time. Well, I mean, we talked last week, but it's been months since I've been able to talk with Robin. She's very cool. So if you're tuning in for the first time, Robin is a special guest on the show today. She is a new teacher and professor up at Weaver State University and has kind of made it her, uh, her mission to, I don't know, how do, how do you do, just... She spread like,
2: the love of gaming throughout all areas of life.
0: Very cool. That's, a, that's the perfect... You. Yeah, that's the perfect <laughs> elevator pitch for uh, gaming in academia. But as always, we're going to jump into what's been happening for the week. So, Drew, I'm going to start off by throwing it over to you. So I have
1: had myself quite a quite a good week. I really enjoy all my weeks, but we're getting closer and closer to school. So I spent a lot of time prepping for school this last week. Um, I even cleaned my office, which I found stacks of papers from 2012 so it has been <laughs> over a year since I've actually like picked things up and cleaned my office. So that that's kind of a big day. Um, I visited KT in his natural habitat. So that that's first. I've known how long have I known you? Um, For like four or five years now. Four or five years. So he, producer of the show and. And now we're meeting every week to do this stuff. But yeah, the first time I actually got down to his house because he showed off his KT caster. He built a TriCaster out of components and parts so he can do multicam switching. So I went down to kind of view that to see if I can't recreate the same thing for students. So that was awesome. Other than
0: hey, that – I got I to I interrupt you. So okay, you're yeah. saying that you, you saw KT like in his natural habitat. So did, oh, yeah. When you say that, the first thing I think of is that you're going in with, like, the Steve Irwin kind oh, of... Oh, yeah. You're like, do you see the KT in his natural habitat, <laughs> surrounded by servers and monitors? Yes, yes, as we you
1: say, it's
2: exactly... got servers he can see Very slowly.
1: <laughs> and everywhere, not only, not only servers and monitors, but there were also, I don't know, probably hundreds of unopened, like, character packages and rare items. <laughs> There's that only, like, up. 50 there. <laughs> So, no, oh, I only right? saw 50. But you still had to wade around and there was like this pathway that you had to crawl to get back to the studio side of things. It was awesome. What are, so what it really are, was uh,
2: like a wilderness. Yes, well, it was
1: wilderness. It
0: was dangerous. It was just yeah.
2: plastic instead of yeah. grasslands.
0: Instead of quicks <laughs> instead of like quicksand, he's it got was, just he's got like kitty pools full of anime plushies that he just swims around
1: Hey, I call that my soundproofing. <laughs> that, yeah, that's that's what that was. <sighs> That's what that was. Kitty pools of anime slushies, I believe, is what that. Was.
0: So Boy, anyway, it was slushies, slushies, <laughs> not slushies. What is, what's an anime slushie?
1: I don't know, but they just came out with starburst slushies the other day. They actually was okay.
0: Anyway, I, I did, Um, it, it was awesome to
1: see him there. It was really cool. He let me bug him on a Saturday morning. I took all the kids. I didn't bring them in the house. They 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 couldn't handle the kitty pools of plushies. So kids are allowed
0: to play with KT's yeah. toys. <laughs> Yeah. He's he like, these toys are mine.
1: None of them are open. They're all <laughs> boxed. You can't touch them. I keep telling him he's got to buy a studio space so that he can have a sweet backdrop. He would have the coolest backdrop if he would like put those things out on display, but they're all boxed up because they're special. Anyway, on to the games. Sorry. <laughs> on to <laughs> the games. I did play Wolf Among Us, which we'll talk about a little bit later. And I played a lot of ho which you and I played at CES, Premier Jeff, almost eight That's months right. ago. So I, 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 I splurged, which you know I rarely do. I've I got Hohokum, and I, I've been enjoying it. It's fun. It, has a, uh, it's, it lacks a little bit of pacing as you go through the game. But the puzzling and the fun of just kind of exploring and going, oh, if I do that, then this happens. And if I do that ten times, then this happens. So the, I've really enjoyed that kind of aspect of the game. So I, I, I like it for that mindless driving of a sperm shape. Right. Um, <laughs> it's
2: the mover. It's just called the Mover. <laughs>
1: the is that what, it's the Mover, is that what
2: that is? Yeah. Uh, yeah but, I
1: mean, but in that very first level, you got to admit that oh, yeah. there's Oh
2: yeah, absolutely.
1: It's, it's very much a, a spermy shape inside of an eggy shape and you just drive around and light things up. So, uh yeah, the Mover. It was awesome. <laughs> um I I did what else? I think i wrap it up by saying I I went back to school shopping again for the first time since probably 2012. <laughs> <laughs> Wife, the wife took me to a store. We got a babysitter like last minute. It was like within a half hour we texted her. And we're like, if you want to come watch the kids, you need to go shopping. So we went out to a place I will not name, but I refused to ever shop there. So I was I was almost like felt like I needed to be in, a, in like a mask or like incognito. So nobody ever saw me in that store because it's now, too
0: corporate. I'm curious what it is. It's a gap. I shopped at the yeah. damn gap. So embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, gap's a special place.
1: Anyway, I, I hated, I've hated that store forever and ever, but I found shirts that – maybe this is embarrassing, but people actually had complimented me on the one Gap shirt that I owned. And so I was like, maybe this isn't a bad thing. I could get four of these shirts and get four times a compliment.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's an efficient way to look at it. <laughs>
1: yeah. So when, me, so when you see me in the class, Robin, if you just look in and be like, hey, don't tell anybody that I got those at the Gap. That's still a secret. <laughs>
2: I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah,
1: right. Um, no that's idea. it. That's it, and then other than that, I, I'm toying with the idea of starting a Udemy course, um, which just kind of a, a fun behind the scenes. What if, what if I had an online course for everybody in the world? Like, I mean, KT's taken my, my digital media class like six times because he tunes into my live streams from every class, and so I thought, what if I just do that for everybody? So that's what I've been up to. What are you guys doing?
0: Uh, Robin, do you want to go next?
2: Ah, uh, sure. Um, what I've been doing is uh, moving to Utah from New Mexico-Texas border, so about, like, 800 miles, you know, doing the whole, like, buying a house thing, and now I'm figuring out why my windows are leaking after this little rainstorm, so... <gasps> oh, dear. I know. <laughs> Adventures in homeownership.
1: <laughs> yes. Oh, dear.
2: But um, lately, uh, we've been playing my, my little uh, six-year-old daughter. Uh, we've been playing Skylanders Swap Force, Incessantly. And it's funny because like she'll she'll be playing something like, No 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 honey, you need to get Ben on there. Like, no, no. I wanna play with my favorite one. Like just you're doing it wrong. Let me let me see
1: (laughs) There's a strategy to the six year old, don't you get it?
2: (laughs) But um been playing that, but that's just like a constant thing. Like we have I think one to three bags of Skylanders now, so it's it's very sad, sad addiction. And I've been playing a lot of ho too.
1: Have you? And,
2: okay. and I've been playing Entwined ever since they announced it at E3. Do
1: Do you no, like that's it? That's I thought cool. about it, Entwined. Did you play it just? I,
2: I really like it. Um, Like, especially for the PS uh, Vita. I've just been playing it on that. And mm. then I started playing it on PS4, like, right when they announced it. And they said, by the way, this is out now. I'm like, you what? Yeah. I don't have to wait? <laughs>
0: I thought that was a very cool way to announce and yeah. and get a game out there. I was I was very impressed. Um, and it came from a the school. way that they did that. Yeah, I thought it was cool. That's cool. Um I didn't stay with it very long. I jumped into the um Destiny Alpha and yeah. so it uh, kind of got tossed under the rug for a minute, but I'm I'm looking forward to going back to
2: it for sure. Yeah, I was messing around with the Destiny uh beta until recently and I had way too much fun with the Destiny beta. It's not it isn't a good thing. Um,
0: <laughs> you've cool. got like two so, two two weeks, and it comes back, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's too long of a wait, though. Let me so let me ask you <laughs> something, Robin. So you've got a six year old daughter, you said. Yes. Okay, so then all three of us have daughters. Yes. Uh, I have a four year old. Drew has. I got career. three on
1: my own. Yeah, three daughters. <laughs> um,
0: and uh, so so let me ask you like, obviously you play games with your daughter. What has mm-hmm. been What has been, like, has there been a most important or most fun game that you've played with your daughter thus far? Like, has there been a game that you would say, this game is what made playing games with my child special?
2: Well, there were a lot of games that I would play when she was very little and she couldn't play with me. Um, One of the games that I played with her when she was super little, like needing to be rocked to sleep, was Flower. And so I'd hold the controller and like rock her based on where the where I needed to steer her.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. I thought you were gonna say Outlast or something. I'd be like, (laughs)
2: like I just just sit her
1: beside me and see what she thought of. Yeah, no, that's (laughs) awesome. I love I love Flower. That's a great one.
2: So Flower was definitely one of them. And right now she's like, this is when she's actually getting into playing them on her own and not being frustrated with controls. Yeah. so that's definitely been skylanders because her and i can play at the same time we can switch she's you know at first when she was too young to get a hold of the controller it was you know she would be the person to switch out the characters and so she would be the portal master
1: yeah i i love skylanders because that was one of the ones i played with my. ouch i played with my girls except for my problem was the six-year-old now seven would play with me just fine the three and a five-year-old would go up and switch our characters all the time, and so we could not play. So once I put them in the room and locked the door, we were fine.
2: <laughs> yep.
0: That's, yeah, cool. so that's, so, that's
2: been the thing.
0: Very cool. So, yeah, I think, I don't know, for me, I would say that Child of Light was like
1: oh, yeah, the game. Because yeah.
0: like, we played Nino Kuni together, and she loved that, and it was like, oh, feed the monsters. You got to feed the monsters, Dad. Oh, I love and and the monsters. I loved I loved... I loved Nino Cooney with my daughter, but Child of Light, like you know, it's a story of this little girl who's trying to get back to her dad. And so, Olive's holding onto my arm, and she's like jumping anytime there's a spider. And she's, you know, she's wrapped up in the story about a this little girl and her dad. And um, so, for me, I mean, that was the game that for me it was like, man, if I can just keep finding games that bring us together. Um, I don't know, that was like a really encouraging thing. Like I, I don't I don't know.
2: Well at I the same time, the uh, sorry to interrupt. The no, the game itself was built for um having a small child playing along with you, like the little igniculus character.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, like you just give them the other controller and then they get to control igniculus and like, oh help me in this battle and, and you know they, they waste all of this palace.
0: juice all oh the time. Yeah, it's got it's <laughs> awesome. What about so what about you Drew like was has there been a game that was like this game
1: um, I think it would be Nino Kuni for us cuz that was one that that they would like I could bribe them with that and say okay if you get this done we'll, we'll we'll play 20 minutes to 30 minutes and that was one that there several times we played way past bedtime because we were just enjoying being together and for a while I could get all three girls on the couch to kind of watch and be in tune to the, to the story and enjoying the story part of it. So that's definitely been fun for us.
0: Awesome. So sorry, Rob. And I kind of sidetracked your breakdown, but that was, I don't know. One of the things I was curious about. Sorry. Continue.
2: Um, other than that, it's been playing the remake or the remake, the remastering of last of us. And, you know, Writing the course syllabi, the things that I actually (laughs) am getting paid to do.
1: (laughs) I I still gotta do that.
0: I I haven't done that yet. Yeah. (laughs) I got another day. Drew's notorious. Yeah, Drew is notorious for being like the the last two days before school starts, if you watch his Facebook feed, it's like three o'clock in the morning, he's like, Still going strong.
1: Uh,
0: uh, uh, (laughs) We're, we're We're gonna get this done.
1: And, yep. and it's also the last two or three days before grades are due that I'm grading yeah. all the. Yeah, you know me. You know me. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think you're better with like the grading side than you were the syllabus side. Like I always had it
1: on time. I, I'm
0: a news. Were, grades were always on time for yeah. me.
1: Yeah, I'm i I'm a I'm a news guy, a news junkie. I guess well, not junkie. I I grew up in the news world, and so that's why I kind of cut my teeth on <laughs> setting my own deadline and hitting it. I just I know I can do it in such a short time that I procrastinate very well. <laughs> Thanks, There's Jeff.
0: It. Yeah. So how's how's the move been, though, Rob? overall, like, the move's been good. And what's, I mean, what's the move like for you from Arizona to Utah? Still hot?
2: Yes, extremely hot. the the drive was, you know, crossing your fingers if you had signal or not. Right. And so it was just, like, a whole lot of flat nothing and then a lot of mountainous nothing. And then... Yeah. <laughs> but... The move itself was totally fine. Um, I had asked one of my friends to come with me and said, "Hey, you can get an all-expense-paid trip to Utah for two weeks if you come and help me, like, you know, organize the movers to come in and, you know, help me unpack boxes, play with the child while I try and, you know, go to a new faculty retreat, kind of thing." Right. So.
0: And everything worked out.
2: Yes, everything is working swimmingly.
0: So the great thing about where you're at right now is that drew is in charge of an entire like group of students that just have to do what he says to get a good grade and Pretty cool. they, they got tuition paid for already. So if you need something, you should be like, Hey, studio 76 staff, my yard <laughs> needs to be mowed. I mean, that's what drew does.
2: <laughs> no, that's you can make drew like a video montage perfectly about it.
0: Manicured. Right. That's brilliant. That's what he does. Brilliant. So if you yep. need help, you just throw drew a line. He'll get, He'll yep. get Travis Denny over there to cut down trees and mow. Yep,
1: on. yep, exactly. That is what we do. We've we, we've done it. We'll do it again.
0: <laughs> <cool>. We cannot <laughs> fix
1: licky windows. We cannot do anything. Through. I'm sorry. Isn't Rachel part of this army too? Oh yeah, Rachel's a part of that team. Yeah.
0: Ah. Very cool. Anything else, Robin?
2: Uh, no. That's been the biggest development in my world.
0: Very cool. Hey, uh, KT, are we? Is is anybody else hearing like a weird reverb yeah. sound? We're good now. Just for a moment. Okay, we're better. All right, moving on. Uh, so I'm still traveling. I'm in uh, Dallas right now. I spent last week in Anaheim. So like I've been all over the uh, time zone spectrum, and I'm just at this point like I'm just tired all the time. So, um, but I'm I'm happy. So tired but happy. Things are good. Uh, I've spent one and a half days in the last month at home. And uh, in that time, Claire and I have been, like, binge-watching and trying to catch up with all of our TV shows. So, like, The Killing just released on Netflix, season three, which was their, like... Killing? Oh. The Killing... So, The Killing got canceled on FX, and Netflix mm. purchased it and, yeah. and renewed it for a final season. So, we watched 12 episodes of The Killing uh, over, like, the one and a half days that I was home. And then... Yeah, yesterday before i hopped on the flight here uh we watched 6 hours of homeland season 3 <laughs> straight
1: what <Where> do you <laughs> find this time that is it's like
0: wow. we eat the kid goes to bed and it's like let's just we got to catch up on our shows so <laughs> uh if you ha- if you're not watching homeland you should it's awesome it's fantastic uh kt if if you haven't watched it this is a show that you would you would love um, anyway moving on huh <sighs> What am I doing? So I replayed the the Wolf Among Us for an indie game. Yeah. Also, Drew, I have a new video for a new game for us to play down in the haunted library. Did you Um, Did you play the PT demo that uh, Silent Hill like? No, my brother played it and called me and said he screamed like a girl several times. (laughs) The demo. So um, I feel like this is something that we should set up and do another live stream from the, the basement of the library. If you are down, and Robin, you would be more than welcome to join us if you can find a babysitter.
1: Uh, I see. That's, yeah. I will I will set the studio up and make it all ready to go. But I'm still having nightmares from the Outlast days. I don't yeah. know that I, I could... watched
2: the Outlast cast. Oh, you man. were actually very helpful that,
0: through the. That the was Outlast so funny. <laughs> that, that did go well. That was pretty fun. The whole time we were playing, Drew was like, oh, Robin says we need to go left. (laughs) 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 So thank you for getting us through Outlast, because that was kind of nightmarish, but also super Super fun. fun. Yeah, I've been wanting to see what this PT demo looks like, so
1: I'm interested to know more.
0: Yeah, he said it was uh, pretty terrifying. Um, But that's been my week, so without... Any uh, further ado, let's just hop into uh, the news if KT can cue up that sweet, sweet jam. I love this jam. I know, right? All right. So um, first up for this week, uh, the PlayStation 4's upcoming Game Share feature, it's been announced that it will have a 60-minute uh, limit per session. Basically, um Sony has confirmed with GameSpot that share that the SharePlay feature, users will be limited to 60 minutes per, section, per session. There's no limit on the number of times you can use SharePlay, meaning that you can conceivably basically start SharePlay up again after that 60 minutes is up and then continue playing. So um, it's not necessarily ideal for what a lot of people kind of were envisioning that you could just sit on a cat, like you could sit at home and play your friends' games all the way through. Um but I mean to me this makes sense. Um 60 minutes is a long time to be able to play a game and I think what they don't want happening is someone being like, is me calling Drew up and saying, "Hey, I just bought this game. I'll just turn it on when I go out of town and you can just play through all night long." Um this is I a, wouldn't I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do no. But the idea behind this, right, is that we <laughs> they they want to encourage more people to be finding games that they love and purchasing games rather than right. playing on somebody else's thing. So I think 60 uh,
1: minutes is a great time. I think that's plenty to do uh that type mm-hmm. of game, especially where they were talking about the co-op ability, stuck on a part or level or want to just play through something together. I think 60 minutes is just fine and it's it's enough to discourage the abuse of it and keep it within the realm of what they're hoping so i'm i'm all on board for that
0: what do you think robin
2: i think that i'm kind of frustrated that it took them so long to get this out yep but it was like hey we're gonna announce this and look at all the cool things we're gonna have you know live streaming your own games you can you know do the gaikai thing and now they're they're finally figuring out how to get this conceivably done with the game sharing and i think the 60 minute limit is totally doable i think it makes logical sense for them to do it this way and it's never going to replace you know like having someone sitting next to you on the couch and literally handing over the controller which is i think what they were trying to do in the first place but i think that doing this limit is about the smartest thing they can do
0: I think so too, and I and I agree with you. That's one of the. There were a couple things that from the very beginning they were saying, "Hey, this is launching with X, Y, and Z," and uh, you know, this is one of the things that didn't show up like it said they like they said it was going to. But um, I'm glad that it's coming now. Um, Better late, I suppose, than never. But like uh, all
2: the launch titles.
0: (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, So, anyway, anything else we want to talk about before? on the the game-sharing features before moving on? No? Okay, so news item number two, uh, titled, Don't expect to see too many more PS4 HD remasters of PS3 games. So, this is a quote coming from Jim Ryan. Uh, You can't have too many of these things, otherwise next-gen just looks like a rehashed Mm last-gen, and we certainly don't want that. So, this is an interview with uh, PlayStation Europe, so, um, basically, he continued by explaining that like The Last of Us made sense to bring to current-gen systems because it came out at the tail end of the PS3 lifecycle mm-hmm. and that it was a game that people... I mean, really, and, and, and he's right in this, it's a game that people need to play. So, yeah. a lot of the people that are swapping over from the Xbox world over to the Sony side, which is a pretty significant amount of gamers... Um, this is a game that they need to play. So to me, it makes sense to Jim Ryan. uh, Obviously, it makes sense. And as we'll see in the next news item, um, monetarily for Sony, it makes sense. So what do you guys think?
2: I think that I'm really glad that they are not doing any more remasters because I felt like I've had... Like, I got the PS4 at launch and, you know, got the Assassin's Creed for it and, you know, Rezogun and, like, all of the other games that you could get, which were, like, three. Right. Like, right at launch because I was not going to get Knack because it was horrible.
1: It was- <laughs> Come on! Knack was it- not horrible. It was fun for the ten minutes that I played it. I like Knack. And Knack was okay. But you're right. There wasn't much there at the beginning. That's true.
2: Yeah. It there really wasn't anything for it, but I'm excited that they're going to actually be focused on getting new games out there instead of rehashing the old ones. I felt kind of cheated a little bit. And I I completely agree that last of us does need to be on PS4. I mean, I got it on PS4 and was it like a waste of money? Kind of, but it was totally worth it for me. I was like, Hey splurge but i don't know i i'm very glad that it's not going to feel like you know ps4 is ps3 but prettier
0: yeah
1: which which i got a chance to play last of us remastered on the ps4 this last weekend Uh, i uh, fans of the show know that i i long for a ps4 but a buddy of mine invited me over he's like hey what do you know today i i'm gonna go buy p uh you know last of us and, and play it all day because he has both uh, xbox one and ps4 and he never ha- he never plays anything on the ps because he doesn't have any games for it so when he said that i was like great i'm gonna clear my schedule and come play with you so we did about three hours together and i was really looking forward to going back and playing with him the next night when all my responsibilities were done and he had finished it already i'm so <laughs> sad because i didn't get to play but uh on this topic um I, I totally get why they're you know why they're saying yeah we're not going to remaster everything. I think that there are certain titles that would do good to remaster, but maybe not right away. Like they shouldn't be stacking them out and be like, okay, here's this one. Here's this one. Here's this one. But I think in a, in a year or two, if you pull out some of those games that had that, that solid response in the PS3 land, um, they could see a nice injection of, if, if you think about ROI, how much time and energy it would take to remaster, say something like the uncharted series, that may be something like we saw the, uh, the Halo Master Chief Edition like they're putting it all together and bringing it out. I see something like that deeper in the future, but I get why they're like not pushing them out right here now that makes that makes sense
0: yeah I, I think I mean for me because I, I totally understand where you're coming from, Robin, where you have a number of games um, that you were promised at launch, right. And
2: every Watch been Dogs delayed. is all I have to say about that.
0: Yeah, and they they were all delayed. Um, and then we just started getting this huge influx of rehashed PS3 games. And and not to say that the games we got aren't good. I've been enjoying the Tomb Raider remake. Um, I will eventually get The Last of Us again. Um, although, like, I don't know. Like, part of me, part of me feels like with the like. Personally, with The Last of Us, I felt like that was a game that really affected me. Um, Mm -hmm. And I I think a lot of people felt that way. But, like, I mean, Drew knows, like, I spent weeks, like, in just this slump where I was like, man, how is it, how do I understand so clearly the decisions that Joel makes Mm -hmm. while they're, like, bad decisions? Like, oh, I was so conflicted with, like. And I'm trying not to spoil it because Drew is a crazy person that hasn't finished the game yet. But I don't know. I'm I'm having a hard time going. Like, I want to go back and play it, but I also, like, the experience that I had with it the first time I played it was, was really, like, a special experience. And that sounds really lame, but it's true. It's not like, lame at all. <laughs> yeah, it was a special experience. Like, it was a... It, playing that game, you could tell it was a a game that will change the way that video games are made Mm -hmm. forever. Um, So, I don't know. Anyway, moving on, uh, our item number three, Jeff Knightley today has reported on his Twitter feed that the PS4 was the number one selling game console and that The Last of Us was the number one selling game in the month of July. So this is following Sony's GameCom uh, report that the PlayStation 4 has sold... 10 million units now worldwide um that's pretty significant that a a remade game is the number one selling game worldwide in july like that's ridiculous that it's a remake it's a game that probably most of the people that own a ps4 already have and it was the number one game i think that's pretty significant what do you guys Mm -hmm. think I mean what what made you get it robin
2: uh what made me get it was like for me it didn't really matter when they did the comparative screenshots oh like the blacks are blacker and the shadows are more crisp it was like that didn't really get me at all um i thought that what they did with um the photo feature mm-hmm. how you can like You can pause the game at any time in the action and then, you know, be a fly on the wall and move the camera around and see all of the angles of any specific scene. I thought that was a neat touch to it. Yeah. But, I don't know, I I felt that I was a little bit greedy when I got it for PS4, but I don't regret it at all because, like, I completely hear you on the, you know, kind of feeling like, it it just kind of sucker punches you a couple times during the game, right? And you know it, it really does change that emotional level of storytelling. Very
1: cool. Um, I like I like blacker blacker blacks. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> That's it's pretty. It is a pretty game. <laughs> I like blacker blacks. That's all I got. <laughs> all
0: right, all right. We'll continue then. Um, and I'm gonna cut out a couple of these news items, but I do definitely want to touch on. Um And I'll just touch briefly on number four. Basically, uh, a lot of PS4 fans were kind of complaining about um, the Gamescom announcements. Come on. Saying that they hadn't announced enough games. Shuhei Yoshida came out and uh, basically said that in selecting the games that they wanted to introduce, we realized it wasn't possible to fit everything into the frame of the conference. So unfortunately, there were some games we couldn't introduce at this time. However, Uh, He says to expect these games um, at the Tokyo Game Show. And so Tokyo Game Show is Sony's home turf. I hope that we see maybe uh, this RPG that's been rumored from Guerrilla Games. I'd love to see what Sony Santa Monica is working on. Uh, There are a number of Sony first-party studios that haven't announced what they're working on. Like, we know that Sony has more first-party studios than Microsoft, but recently it has kind of felt like there are more exclusives going to the Xbox side or more compelling maybe exclusives are going to the Xbox side than to the uh, the Sony side. And um, it's it's kind of this interesting kind of lull that uh, Sony is in right now where we, we know that they have half a dozen first-party studios that haven't announced what they're working on it's it's kind of weird so hopefully uh tokyo game show they get some of these announcements out and we can start being excited about the uh the next year what do you guys think
1: i'm a short-term guy tell me what's coming out next week that's all i need (laughs) i can't i mean i'm excited about some of the ones that are coming out in this this fall that are that are coming that we already know about Right. Um I'm not sure there's anything that I'm really holding on to like waiting to hear about something for for you know coming but um I guess I I don't know I'm kind of I guess I'm satiated like I'm I'm satisfied with what's coming out give me a little big planet um, you know try try some destiny in a couple of weeks so th- those are things that are going to keep me through the school year but I don't I don't know I I'm excited to see what they're coming up with but um I wasn't all that disappointed with the gamescom stuff
0: Right on Robin
2: well, at least the at least it didn't sound like the the Xbox 1 announcement where it was TV 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 right. games. TV TV, TV. <laughs> Like that's not what happened. It was just that they didn't announce all of the games that they are discussing and I feel that's fine. Like um for example, in at E3, Media Molecule who does, you know, Little Big Planet didn't have the the announcement going. Right. They They had just gotten done with Tearaway and they felt that they didn't have, you know, they didn't have a solid enough thing to rush something for that announcement. And I think that was a pretty solid move on their part It's saying, you know, we are going to work on the right schedule for our studio so we can make you a great game instead of saying, it's E3 crunch time.
0: Right. Well, that and then also like... Like we were just talking about, right? I mean, how many how many games have we been told about and been excited about? Hey, they're coming out this fall next year. Nope. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fall. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I kind I agree with both of you guys. Like, if you're going to announce it, be ready to announce it. Have it be at the right time so that you can release it at the at an appropriate date, and you're not bumping it back. I'd rather wait and be surprised by something good than be pumped on something and be disappointed when it's bumped. Um, topic five, um, A uh, let's see, this is by the Wall Street Journal. Basically, um, a recent study has shown that 48% of gamers are female. And I thought this was pretty significant, uh, especially considering, uh, Robin, as you know, um, as a female gamer, you experience this, I'm sure, a lot. But also Rachel has talked on the show about, like, the sexism that exists, uh, especially in online games and um, kind of the stigma that comes with being a female gamer. Um, what did you take from this article? Or, like, what is your... So the, the one thing I wrote down was Rachel doesn't use a headset when she plays online, does Robin. Because I think that that's pretty telling. Like, when you're playing online, are you communicating with the people? Like, do you let people know that you're female or is that something you keep to yourself
2: usually not like um especially there's a lot of research in this area which is fascinating um whenever i'll play online i won't go in without a buddy and like saying like i'm i'm going to be playing with someone like i will meet them online and then go into a game so i have this kind of safety net And like, I at least know one person in there. And so it's very not the, the meritocracy that it should be. Like I'm not judged based on my efforts. It's I'm judged based on, you know, the fact that I have a higher pitched voice. Right. So yeah, I, I usually don't use headsets whenever I'm playing and I don't have a buddy with me.
0: That's interesting. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much what Rachel said as well. Um, just that and it and it's something that I've seen too. I mean, you'll be in a game and a girl speaks, and then it's like instantly,
2: yeah it's guy ridiculous. becomes
0: a wolf, and this there's this sheep there that they can go after, and it's it's pretty ridiculous, so hopefully um hopefully we can figure out a way to normalize female gamers i mean forty eight percent that's that's half of the gamers that are that are playing games. But for whatever reason, they're they're being marginalized and stepped on and um, kind of steamrolled in the gaming community. And that's really unfortunate because it, it kind of destroys... On it, like, really, it kind of destroys the credibility of gamers as being, like, a legitimate hobby, as being a legitimate profession, as being a legitimate whatever. Like, it, it destroys that because there's not... There's, like, it's lacking equality, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know, Drew, you're looking...
1: I'm just I'm just laying back and listening. I I rarely play the, the the big multiplayer games online, and so I I think the only thing I played even recently was the Destiny beta, where we you know I was able to chat and play. So um, I don't know. I I I have to go off of the research because I have not experienced a whole lot of multiplayer. There's only one woman in my life.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. very cool. But, All right. Well, so, yeah, we can well,
1: talk about some of that later on because I know Rum's done a lot of research on that.
0: Yeah, well, we're going to jump through. So this, I'm going to skip the very last one. No, I'm not. Minecraft PS4 didn't pass certification testing, so just stay tuned for that. It's getting bumped. Also, uh, at Gamescom, No Man's Sky has announced... um, Basically, they had a conversation with the the No Man's Sky co-founder, Sean Murray, who took some time to explain basically um, the world of No Man's Sky and how much content there actually is there and he started by explaining how much time it would take to visit every planet in this world on a 32-bit number system which it was originally created on and he said something to the effect of um, it would take if you spent one second on every planet it would take you 5,000 years to see every planet at 32-bit so They didn't feel like that was ambitious enough, so they jumped to a 64-bit number. And the way that they described that, um, he says that it would take about 5 billion years to explore if you spent one second on each planet within the game with no bathroom breaks. That is so crazy. (laughs) So, Given that the Earth's sun has about 4.6 billion years of fuel left before it flickers out and dies, that pretty much ensures no one will ever see every planet on no man's sky. So that's, wow. that's pretty crazy. Like, that's a that's a very crazy thing to say. Um, but it's also I'm, very I'm, cool.
1: I'm fantasizing <laughs> about, like, uh, raising babies to just play No Man's Sky and then training them <laughs> to train their children to train their children <laughs> to
0: see if maybe we can't just get... Raising an army to... Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's I will
2: beat this game.
0: <laughs> it's... Yeah, that's crazy. Like, just to think about the programming that must go into that to to make that work is is pretty incredible Um, so moving on uh, we'll jump right into new releases Mm -hmm. and then into Indie Game of the Week and Drew's going to take both of those so KT you want to kick out the jams I'm going to speed it up
1: lots of indie, uh, indie games that's coming up lots of new releases but let's uh take it to the list kt you've got a list there to show and i'll just run down as you show it basically big ones that are out recently as in i believe just yesterday probably two days ago for those of you listening to the podcast world diablo 3 ultimate evil edition has just uh come out counter spy has been out for a little bit now on the, on the playstation store that's for the vita the ps3 ps4 plants versus zombies garden warfare i know you're excited about that one kt you've already played that haven't you I think you have? I think you are best already- FPS this year. Yeah, see best FPS right there. Oh, oh. Um, other Vita games: Crimson Land, Gravity Badgers, um, PS4 Hotline Miami. Um, I think you were talking about Sword Art Online. Were you talking about that, KT? The PS Vita game that again yeah. also just recently came out. Yep, it's a spinoff of a popular anime on there so i'm excited to go into the world because it's about people getting stuck in an mmo so now you're going to be in the mmo <laughs> nice nice that's oh! what i'm looking forward to and then the other one i thought it was uh, that i'm looking forward to uh, after i finish the first one is tales of zillia 2 i've started the first one about 10 minutes in but i'm going to get back to it so zillia 2 kung fu rabbit uh and the last tinker city of colors which is um those are ones that are just recently released, right? So then down the road, if you look out two weeks or yeah, it's about two weeks, 19 days, um, Destiny opens up again. As far uh, as we know, that date's not getting moved. I mean, we, we've seen a lot there will of be riots in yeah, the street. I think you're right. <laughs> so yeah. that, I, does that mean I have like 19 days to, to find my funds to get my white, glacier white Destiny yeah. bundle? <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Sure you need to get this so that you can does, just. All four of us just need to get on and just get yeah. together. I know.
1: Uh, KT, does the body have enough plasma that I could donate enough to
0: <laughs> get my 400 by now? You can make $250 right? a month donating plasma.
1: <sighs> not enough time.
0: You donate twice a week. The what, other, what other kind of banks are in. there? They're Sperm also- donation. <laughs>
1: Stop it. So, um, I, yeah, I'm going to mow some lawns. That's what I'm going to do. On uh, the other one that I think that uh, we're looking forward to down the road, um, there's some DLC that out next week, I believe, for Infamous. Is that right? First Light? Yep. So that, that was a, a good one that we spoke highly and of. And that's,
0: that's standalone DLC, so you don't have to actually own uh, Sect right. Sun to be able to play that. So very cool game. Um, I have to ask a question, though. Earlier, KT said it's about it's like you're stuck in an MMO. Like a, yeah. a person being stuck in an MMO? The sword out the sword
1: art on what was it called?
0: So is that like so while he was saying that I was like that sounds just like the Matrix. So is the Matrix the story of a guy being stuck in an MMO? <laughs> Yeah, right, because
1: he, the whole time that he's trying to do things, he's in a big multiplayer world, and the yeah. agents just happen to come in. That's it. It's like,
0: it's like Ready Player mm-hmm. One, but forcibly stuck into oh, the Oasis, right? There, yeah, if you die in that. the game,
1: you die in real life. Oh, that's oh, MMO. Yeah. Wow.
0: Well, do you guys
1: have any other new releases that you know of or are looking forward to? Uh, not new, but like future releases that you're looking forward to?
0: Honestly, Destiny is the only thing that I give a crap about through the end <laughs> of the year. Like,
1: Little Big Planet for me is in there as well, and that's Dragon, supposed to be coming like,
0: soon. Dragon Age Inquisition. I had such a bad time with Dragon Age Two, and I was so disappointed in it that I'm like, eh. I, it, it'll have to get above a nine for me to even consider picking this up because Dragon Age Two. I was really thinking, oh, Dragon Age One had some really good ideas, and they're going to capitalize on these, and then. Dragon Age 2 was like, it was like they had four so places Nomad's for these games to be taking place. Like, or for, like uh, four different lands, you know, for things stadium. to happen in. Um, and then they just reskinned it over game. and over and over and over again. My- and I was like, I'm in the same exact freaking place this entire game. It was so frustrating. So I have no faith. Like, I love Bioware. Mass Effect is my favorite game series ever dragon age was such a huge disappointment that i'm i i just want destiny at this point you robin do is there anything that you're looking forward to
2: i don't know for for me yeah it's still destiny at this point um i'm really really jazzed to go down to um fantastic arcade at austin name drop um But there they're gonna be showing a lot of the indie games that are coming up. That was the where I first saw Ho Hokum last year.
1: Oh uh-huh. uh uh-huh.
2: and like it's it's just fantastic. It's like all these like really interesting games, um like ones that are like out now are um mm-hmm. a Curse of the Necrodancer, which is you can play with like a little DDR pad and it's it is fascinating. I'll show it to you guys mm-hmm. later. Um but I'm excited to go to that, so I know what to be excited for.
1: Right on, cool, very cool. Inside scoop. Okay, cool. Right. Well, that's new releases. Let's do some indie games. Ready? Yeah. Um, I always, I always make the music up for the indie game. Yeah. Indie game. It's the indie game. It's the <laughs> indie game of the week. <sighs> um,
0: perfect pitch. I yeah. Love. Yeah, I, I hit it.
1: I hit it. Um. I'm trying to figure out how much time we have in the show but I'm just going to keep cracking I'm just going to go. If we so,
0: go along, who cares?
1: It's cool. It's, it's not like people yeah, people will listen to us no matter what we're doing. We got the
0: Robin Hazel right here with us. Okay. <laughs> the almost Dr. Robin Hazel. We're almost
1: Dr. <laughs> so, our indie game of the week this week was The Wolf Among Us. Um if you played along with us, if you have some thoughts, we'd love to hear those on on Twitter uh, to hear what you thought about the game. For uh, us I'll give you the breakdown. It's a telltale game. Um this is based on the Fable Comics by Bill Willingham, and it's kind of a prequel. So it happens, I guess, a ways before, decades before the actual first issue of of The uh, Last of Us happens. Rated and yeah. Among Us. Last one I was saying Among Us. So I, I flipped over to watch what KT was showing, and I got distracted. Basically, your character, uh, well, gameplay. By the way, gameplay is a point-and-click type of adventure that, that it's lot, it's really story-based. There's a little bits of action, but you're you're choosing conversations, selecting what you say to kind of to um, the characters remember what you say. We did one. We did this a while ago with the Telltale game, The Walking Dead, and my aversion to zombies kind of you know kind of affected my review of that particular game. But uh, Wolf Among Us, same style of game. Um, Basic idea then is that you are the big bad wolf and all of these fable creatures are living in a town called Homelands. Is that right? Like an area called Homelands?
2: They they fled the Homelands.
1: fled the Homelands to this place in New York City where they're Mm -hmm. all using some sort of magic to keep them looking like real people when they're in public. Right. Um, and if you can't afford that magic, if you can't pay for that magic, you're sent off to the farm, which is like upstate New York that nobody can find. So you get to play the big bad wolf and you at first, like this first episode that we'll cover, you come in contact with the woodsman, the the one that slices your belly open. Cause you, you know that story, it fills you mm-hmm. full of rocks. In fact, I, that, that to me is just fun to hear them tying in those stories into this like new mm-hmm. dialogue that you're having with the woodman. So the woodsman's there, Snow White's there. Um, there's a winged monkey, Ichabod Crane. I, there are so many awesome characters that all kind of come together that you start weaving this this story. I, I'm assuming the story changes a little bit depending on what choices you make. Uh,
0: or, so it's it's very similar to The Walking Dead. Right. In that, you still have
1: uh, a linear story
0: with sort of side tangents. Exactly, and and the the choices you make and the conversations that you have. All have consequences, whether good or bad. Um, so down the road, people that you help now may help you later. People that you, you know, screw over now will screw you over later. Um, and you're already playing this this character that nobody trusts because right. of your past. Right. Like your history has has kind of um, pushed people to like really distrust you at your core because you were the big bad wolf. Um, and so one of the things that I found really interesting is that one of the the three little pigs like hangs out in your pad and drinks bourbon with you, and, like yeah, Colin, smokes yeah your cigarettes yeah uh, they was,
1: did a great job of animating that too, because every time that he would say something or do something uh you like like when he drinks out of your cup or something i expect i half expected him to pick it up and you know drink like, <laughs> person. like he right. just mm-hmm. gets down on the floor and. <laughs> i I love i thought that was fantastic
0: art style on this thing's awesome so I, I i just have to say this since you brought up him drinking out of the the cup um i replayed this so i played it initial i've played it twice through on um my ps3 and then just kind of to rehash it prior to us recording tonight i played through it on the ipad mm-hmm. as i flew up here and that scene where um the pig is lapping up the bourbon. The guy sitting next to me, like, glanced down at my iPad and just was like, oh. <laughs> "What?" The Shook is? his head and looked, up, looked at looked the side, Kid and I'm just days. like, "Yep, is a pig drinking bourbon." I don't know what to. So, th- so for you, Drew. First of all, like, you really did not like um, the Walking Dead, and that was Telltale's kind of coming out story right so is this is this helping you better understand why we liked the first one so much
1: Mm, yeah yeah i mean i i i think so what what, i hate i hate zombies and so that's what probably got me with the walking dead because it was just kind of like all right me and me and this girl i save that guy don't save that guy so i kind of i wasn't as concerned about who i was because i I just had this like aversion um style of gameplay was okay uh again it's kind of like a, a weird choose your own adventures getting used to it maybe it was because i played that first but the this was the wolf among us i really was into the story more i i played on the on the ipad because i can't play on the ps3 because i wanted to play while the kids were you know still right. around doing it right so mm-hmm. i put on the headphones and that's work um I I did enjoy the story. I was much more in tune with it. I really love fables and anything fantasy. Um, I didn't realize until after I had played through it and a little bit and, and knew that it was um, based on the fables comic that I had a chance to interview Bill Willingham uh, in my life as a con as a con shooter. Huh. So I, I was like, oh, I had to go find that interview and see what he was talking about back then because it would have been about three years ago. But we talked about fables and that kind of stuff. So. Um, I but in you know overall I think the gameplay was was fun I kind of felt like it was a, it was a pretty good balance in this first episode of like story and choosing my choices and then like when you're chasing somebody or being chased and you have to slide or swipe so that you're not getting right. hit um, I did have a couple of jump scares which I thought was really that was enjoyable for me because it it was just that mu- meant that I was that much more into the game when Tweedledee, D I think comes jumping out of a closet and I didn't expect it it was just like. <gasps> So that, I love that kind of stuff. So I think this one I am far more interested in. The gameplay is, is appealing to me. The story is even more so.
0: Very cool. What about you, Robin?
2: It's, it's very tough for me to not go, like, super fan on this and say, you have to get the season passed. You have to play every single one of these episodes. But it is it really is a spectacular use of video games in a different way. So it, it really does feel like a choose your own adventure thing and it helps give a little bit of flexibility in what games are. It's kind of what, you know, the game Gone Home has done. It's what Last of Us has done. Um, I it just I, I love it. I love the art style, the cell shading. Like I think mm-hmm. that was one of the biggest reasons that I liked Borderlands because I'm shallow right. like that. <laughs> but <laughs> I have no shame. Um But I really liked it and I like we've we've all at least gotten to the end of the first episode, am I right? Yes. 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 Okay. So we we can discuss the end of the first episode.
1: Oh uh, yeah. yeah, I think we did that. So a little spoiler alert. It's been there, out but, for a while, yeah. Yep. Spoiler
2: alert yeah, it's it's been out. Um so I was trying desperately to figure out how to not see Snow White's severed head on the doorstep. I was like, No, I was just getting attached to this character. How could you right. do this to me? You've broken my heart. So I replayed it like three times, what? staying up until about four in the morning. Wow. Yeah. I was just like, Trying no, to I don't, save Snow White. I don't want this well, to happen. It's,
0: it's because they're they're like hinting at you, right? Like I and I can't remember if it's um if it's the pig, but somebody says something about how, like, I know how you look at her. Or I I know how you. Yeah, feel it's Colin. Her. Yeah, Colin. Um, and so, uh, there is this sense that you your character, and they do it very well. Like it's subtle the way that they mm-hmm. kind of create this relationship with Snow. And so, um, yeah, definitely. I mean, to end up, you know, you've you've just had this traumatic ep- incident with Faith, where you find her head and. Um man, they just did such a good job of making you care about this character in yeah. 20 minutes. Because you yeah. go in, you save her from the woodsman and she says like the the line she says to you that like um kind of breaks th- through the rough exterior of Bigby is, you know, you're not as bad as everyone thinks. Mm-hmm. Um and that like that's a pretty simple line to throw into this game, but like that game or that, that line carries a lot of power, right? Because throughout the entire rest of the game, you're the good guy. Who's also a bad guy and everyone distrusts you, even though you're the one guy. You're trying to keep it all together and trying to keep it together and trying to keep people alive. And, um, so for this, you know prostitute to be like you know you're not as bad as everybody says you are um and then to find her head on your stairs is a fairly traumatic thing to have happen um sad so, so sad yeah. the game right yeah I, I i'm
1: excited to pick up i'm gonna get the season pass and and play through the rest so i'm excited to see how that ends because i really did like her and I'm hoping they don't do that again in each each episode where they're like, "Here's your favorite character now," and there goes, her head. Right. Yeah, like this
2: one? <laughs> <R>. treatment.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. So I I know I'm kind of excited to see it and to play it through. I I'm kind of late to the game, but I I like I like the gameplay and it's nice for a, a relaxing like storytelling moment. And like you were saying, Robin, I love I love the unique way that storytelling is woven into gameplay. It's really well done.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, are there any other like favorite parts or least favorite parts that we want to discuss? I know that we're kind of pushing long in our episode today. We have but, a special uh, guest, and
1: she's almost a doctor, so it's okay to go long
0: I yeah, I agree um i I just wanted to mention a couple things that i i I really liked um, so one of the things that I really appreciate first of all is the color palette that they use in this game. I love like the neon lights they somehow yeah. make they somehow ha, kind of have this cool like meshing of um, 80s neon with like this film noir feel yes yes um, like I don't like how they
1: did that but yes you know
0: when they when he's going through the intro of the game and it has this cool kind of 80s soundtrack music going and he's walking underneath these neon um street lights and cars are passing him like it just sets such a great tone. Like the one of my very favorite parts of this game is just the atmosphere that is created by the colors that are used and the music that's used. Um, that that for me has been like the biggest overarching overarching kind of um, positive that I can put on the entire thing. I love the storytelling, I love the characters, but like for me, it's the atmosphere that's created with. With those two t- two tools, the color palette and the um, and the music that really bring and tie everything together for me. What about you guys? Like, what is, what was the scene? Or because I mean, obviously we all we all liked it, right? Like, this is a game that all three of us would recommend. Um, so what is it that made this work for you?
2: I think that one of the things I'll I'll go on the downside first. I think that one of the things that kind of threw me off a little bit at times was like the quick time events. Okay. There were some of the quick time events that I didn't think worked quite as well as others. Cause I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm watching the fight scene kind of sort of grow and you can see there's going to be a conflict here. That right. one I think worked out really well. But when you're doing just like a little quick move or a quick dash or something like that, it was kind of out of the blue and I'm like, oh, I thought that I was going to have to read the story and figure out how to respond in this right. little bitty time limit that's like slowly closing in on you. Yeah. But the, the thing that I like the most about about the game itself with the storytelling aspect is that you always had the option of saying nothing.
1: Yeah. That's true. Yeah. And I did that sometimes on accident, not even
2: meaning to.
0: It was like, oh, (laughs) I chose trying to to decide. You're like, I don't know, I don't know, I'm out Uh, (laughs) of. Yep.
2: (laughs) I was playing it with friends at first, and um, I would say, like, I have no idea what to do. What do I hit? Hit X. Hit X. No, hit B. Like, (gasps) so. Very
0: cool. What about you, Drew? Um. What were you
1: asking? Favorite, favorite moments or... Yeah, takeaways?
0: favorite moment, yeah.
1: least favorite moment. I do know what? that I had a, a least... My favorite was probably when Tweedledee jumped out of the closet and scared me because I was totally not expecting that. I, I was in this mode of like just, you know, the tapping the selectable parts and just be okay, let's check that, okay, check that, okay, check that. And then just getting there and having him like burst out and start running, it was like, ooh, gotta do something now, switch! <laughs> so that, I think that was one of my favorites. Um... Le- least favorite was probably the moment where um, you're in the bar and you have a choice to chase one or the other, and I didn't yeah. realize that that was coming up. Like I didn't even realize that uh, f- probably because I was still trying to like figure out what the discussion was happening beforehand. But to choose, you know, because it does this kind of slow motion of like you can go with him there or she's leaving the door. Or we- I can't remember who the two were,
0: but anyway, Whedleby and the Woodsman.
1: And the Woodsman, and he's heading to the bathroom, and you think, oh no, I- I'm trying to keep him at this point i'd already kind of suspected Tweedledee, but for some reason i hit the wrong i'm wrong i just i went for the woodsman because I, I you know i don't know my decisions anymore but i i guess that's the one i just kind of felt like would i do the right thing i don't know i let him go and now so that's when the i just I, I, yeah see maybe that's what replay
2: replayability I all the time
1: have <laughs> time to replay but that's that's it i i do i didn't enjoy most of that and i i just love. um story i love a good fresh story and especially something from the comic book world i have not read the fables but um i've, oh, I've heard gosh, of them I so
2: love them because of because of this is when i started picking up the fables comics and now i'm on like volume 13 off okay. of the comiXology app mm. so like half of my storage on my ipad is now like fables <laughs> that's,
0: that's awesome that's what so, cool. The other, I, I, just, I want to mention one other thing that I really liked, and that's that the, uh, the fables that they are telling, the, the stories and the backstories of these characters, like, they are the real fairy tales. Yeah. Like, not getting the Disney version right. of fairy tales. Like, we, we are getting imperfect characters, very flawed characters. Like, I love that the woodsman is, is a thief. Like, mm-hmm. he, he talks about how he went to rob... Little Red Riding Hood and her grandma, and just happened, mm-hmm. there just happened to be a wolf there, so he killed it.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Like, um, you have, I don't know, when you think of classic, like, fairy tale stories, everyone's perfect, right? Like, you, you watch it, you grow up with Disney movies, so you grow up knowing that all the princesses were perfect and that all the princes were perfect. You don't ever see them, you know, dr- taking sleeping pills and shooting themselves in the chest. Mm-hmm. Like, like you find Prince Lawrence, right? So, um, I appreciated uh, that they were telling. I mean, it, it kind of is telling like a fairy tale to adults, and and that yeah. to me is intriguing, and I like that.
2: Yeah, it was definitely the the Grimm version, like the Grimm's Brothers right. version of the fairy tales. Like this is the real one. Like the wolf doesn't just get killed; he gets killed, gets his stomach slit open. Stuff full of rocks sewn up and then thrown into the bottom of the body of water that's by them.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I definitely appreciate yeah. that. So for me, this is a a must play. Um, I couldn't recommend like as far as the indie games go. Like this is a game that needs to be played. Uh, do you guys agree? Is this a must play? I I think for me it's a,
1: it's a it's a good it's a good play. Um, I'm stingy. You know I'm stingy, so I'd say if it, if it's on sale, if you got a chance to grab it on the cheap, it's wonderful and, and grab it and it's definitely worth the story behind it. But I'm a cheap-ass. That's
0: true. <laughs> if you play episode 2, Drew, make sure your children are not close by. Yeah, first, I... But like for, Rudy's.
1: I it's always from here on through. out,
2: just... It gets, it gets even... All yeah. the way. <laughs>
1: There's so many F-bombs in the first round. I know!
2: I'm just I played like, the, why is Snow White cussing? <laughs> yeah, I, st-
1: I did i played the first one on the ps3 a couple not first one the demo so it was only like that one scene i think with toad and woodsman and and i i turned it on and played while my wife was chatting with somebody on the couch and i quickly was like oh <laughs> no wow oh whoops you know because we're all tender souls so yes i will definitely keep it to myself
0: very cool what about you
2: I mean, absolutely like i've i got the season pass um uh, ran through it all played a couple of the episodes uh, different ways, because apparently I can stay up really, really late, and child gets to go to sleep a little bit earlier. So
0: there you go. See, this is a game though, so, and and it's been announced that this is coming out to PS4. This is a game that I would probably pick up and play again on the PS4 just so I could use the controller, like to be able to use the the touchpad on the controller mm-hmm. and be able to swipe left and right rather than like thumbstick over and try and figure like. To me, this game deserves a better controller than the DualShock 3. And so um, to be able to play it on the on the PS4 with the DualShock 4, I think um, it's a game yeah, the, that makes sense.
2: The DualShock 4 just deserves a better battery life.
0: That's true. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that wraps up our Indie Game of the Week. We're going to jump into our um, just our main topic of the week, which, Robin, if you're okay with... Um, I mean, this is kind of like the bonus zone right Um,
2: (laughs) i am the bonus topic (laughs) you you kind of
0: are really so we just want to talk so you as part of your um phd have been studying um what sexuality within video games the indie game relationships can you tell us a little bit about what you're what you've been studying and what your approach has been and maybe what motivated you to get into this in the first place
2: well, what I'll give you the the extremely truncated version. Cool. Um, in my master's program, we were looking at communication theory and things like postmodernism and you know how people have created stories like hero's journeys, uh, things like that. And all I was thinking is, you know a lot of the games that I've played have used a lot of these techniques. And then Final Fantasy was my absolute favorite game of all time. Final Fantasy VII, we'll get that specific. And saw a lot of these themes popping up in it. And then I took a gender and communication class and realized that a lot of um, themes dealing with feminism and like third-wave feminism were popping up in that, things like how everyone is connected, games provide a safe space for people to experiment with different um, identities, different modes of behavior without having any major repercussions. And so what I did with that is I said, I love this video game, let's take it apart, and so I can have that confirmation of how amazing Final Fantasy VII is, And in the process of taking it apart, I realized this really wasn't the perfect game that I remember it being when I played it when I was 13 years old. And I just, it was insane to uh, dig it apart like that and then seek out themes dealing with feminist themes because there's no, there isn't really a, like this is what a feminist would believe. But it's it's a very free-flowing, um, movable a set of ideals, I guess you could say. Okay. So that's what that's where it all started in my master's program. And then I started in my PhD and started looking at, you know, what are fans doing with this? Um you know, when you mod video games, like who really owns that? Is that copyrighted? Is it like, who is the one who actually holds that intellectual property? And um, I kept on talking about Fantastic Fest earlier. Um, Fantastic Fest is a, it's a whole kind of independent film festival. And then inside of it, for a little quick weekend out of this whole week-long event is Fantastic Arcade, totally uh, free, and it's amazing. Um,
1: and is that indie games mostly? Yeah,
2: yeah, they're um primarily indie games. Hey, way to pull it up. <laughs> um, but people can submit their own games. Um, Vlambeer, the the Hotline Miami. That was the place where I started seeing some of these really interesting games. And I, I blame my advisor, Dr. Peasley, who wanted us to volunteer at Fantastic Fest. And then I discovered, hey, there's this thing called Fantastic Arcade. Maybe I should look at indie games. And so what I've been doing with indie games right now is uh, case studies, uh, looking at specific Indie developers and what their process is. Uh, what are the games that they're making? Why are they making the games? How is that different? Because now um, people like Sony are heavily sponsoring things like Fantastic Arcade and saying, you know, we're we're running out of ideas. We're our ship is currently on a set path. That's why we have so many sequels because. The formula that we have works, because if it's been bought once, it'll be bought again and again and again. Right. And so now the ship has become too big to change course. So what they're doing is going out to all of these indie game festivals. The they're doing uh, things at E3 that are just indie game based. Um, Was it Game City in? Oh, I think it's London, but. And especially like IGF, the Independent Games Festival, and they're out there kind of recruiting independent game developers and saying, we don't want to mess with you. Uh, You have the idea. You build the game. We'll just fund you for a little bit of exclusivity right at the very beginning, but your game will always be yours. Like We're not going to take the IP. And so I'm looking at how that's changing. So it isn't like the hipster ideal of like, ooh, you're working with Sony, you've just sold out. It's like, <laughs> you're working with Sony. Awesome. And the the people that I met from Sony there from the development teams, they're like the nicest people that that I've seen in a long time. The the actual developers for the indie games, like um Ramey is Molly and you know, like other people from Blambir, the it's just a really, really amazing experience. And I thought that if people could actually understand, like the actual on-ground collaboration of that, and how it's not a it's not a competition, they'll have a lot of indie game developers helping out each other across, I don't, if you could even call them studios because there's just, like, one or two people working on a game. Right. And they'll put out a call on Twitter with the hashtag uh, game dev or indie game dev or whatever they choose and say, we're having trouble testing this. Um, Can somebody please, you know, help us test this game and give us feedback? Or we don't know how to program this part. Does somebody know how to? And they'll just out and collaborate with with them for, you know, no money or anything there's no contract signed it's do you have a problem we could fix it
0: right very cool so one of the things that i i I think is really interesting about what you just said was um and it's and it's an issue that comes up anytime sony has a press conference that highlights indie games which has been a lot recently but it's there's this Feeling within, and I don't know if it's just a vocal minority, but people lose their minds when Sony's like, hey, these are the indie games we're pushing. And, and they're like, we, we need more AAA games. Why are we wasting time on these indie games? But I really liked what you just said about how AAA games have become, with very few exceptions, they've become like this, they're on a baking sheet and you just have these cookie cutters, right, that you're just clamping out. I think Watch Dogs is a perfect example of that. Like That was mm-hmm. touted as being this brand new experience that like would revolutionize everything and it was gonna be so awesome. And it was like a dumbed-down version of Assassin's Creed Black Flag.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, where on the indie game side, you have this freedom and this um, flexibility that encourages creativity in a way that AAA games no longer have the luxury of doing. Like, Mm -hmm. I think the investors on for some of these major studios, I don't think they're they're not interested in risk, right? Like, if you're investing in a studio, you are looking for return. It's it's ROI, right? Everything's ROI, ROI, ROI. So when they say, hey, we've got this formula that just works every single time. You're going to push that. That's all that's ever going to be pushed. And so I fall on to the side that. Like, I, I, I have loved that we have, like, f- put some more focus on indie games within just this podcast, like, with trying to do this indie game of the week and really break down um, some indie games. And I think Drew and I both, I don't think either of us were really heavily playing indie games prior to starting that. We, I'd played a couple, and I think, Drew, you'd played a couple, correct? yeah and
1: and the ones that i had played i love just for that idea that they can push boundaries they can and have done things that work or don't work so right yeah I i think this has certainly gotten me more into them
0: and it's and it's been it's been something that's been really cool to see the creativity really blossom within um and really like um the availability of content when you incorporate indie games into what is happening like um Brothers, I think, is a really great example. Of I loved Brothers, an, mm-hmm. an indie game title that would never survive as a AAA title. Like, if you were to turn yeah. that into a AAA game, like, it it wouldn't have survived. It wouldn't have done the numbers that they needed it to do to be able to call it a success. But as an indie game on a low budget, um, it was such a beautiful and heartbreaking story. Child of Light is in wild if they child made sisters to i'd totally play sisters too right well and while child of light <laughs> is like technically not an indie game because it's an ubisoft art studio game
2: mm-hmm.
0: um you've you've got to give props to ubisoft for for recognizing like hey there is this market for creative artistic um, in, yeah. interesting yeah. Artistic, artistic games um That I really appreciate. So I I just thought that what you said was really cool about um, the way that indie games encourage creativity in a way that AAA titles can really no longer embrace. I mean, with very rare exceptions, right? Um, The other thing I really thought was interesting, and and you didn't mention this here, but you mentioned it in the... um, So I I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but I, I was able to sit in on... I guess kind of your job interview, right? Like yeah, you
2: you <laughs> sat in on my job talk. That was one of the more stressful things that I have endured. So you got to see me sweat.
0: Yeah, it was awesome though. So I um, at the time I was a student. It, I was a student. I've been graduated for four days. I was a
2: student <laughs> <back then. laughs> with EDM um, blasting in your ears. <laughs> yeah, yeah <right. laughs>
0: um, so. I was invited to go in and and listen to you give your presentation which I thought was awesome so thank you for letting me do that and um, yeah it was was rad. But you talked about Journey specifically and how Journey was this um, very unique game um, within even the indie game world because of its approach to sexuality. Um, Mm And I wondered if you could kind of break that down a little bit for us. So we've used Journey as an indie game of the week in the past. So we've already talked about it. We've spoiled the entire game. So if we have regular listeners, they... I mean, and and the the thing that's funny about Journey is, like, you can't spoil Journey. Like, Journey is about the journey, right? It's not about me saying that you make it to a mountain.
1: Uh, except um, for the yes. part where... Drew didn't realize until after he played through the entire thing that the people you're playing with are other players, oh, and, not,
2: <laughs> and not yeah, computer. yeah.
1: That that part I didn't figure out until we were in the middle of a podcast, and I was like,
2: oh wait, <laughs> hold on. No, it's uh, like the the reward in Journey is who you meet. It isn't. It's not about the destination.
0: And it and that really is. I mean, Journey is one of the few games that that's really true. Like I can think of. Sp- specific moments in this two hour and two and a half hour game right like a super Mm -hmm. short game i can think of specific moments within that game that i was just like wow like just totally taken aback and was just shocked at the experience that i was having so can you explain a little bit about that like maybe just a blip from um you know the presentation that you gave why why is journey significant
2: Uh, The the biggest reason that I really enjoyed Journey was because it's the only multiplayer game where I feel, quote-unquote, safe. Like, you know, it, it sounds chintzy to say that, but, like, I won't play Destiny with headphones. I don't, like, I kind of keep my identity to myself. Journey is a game where your identity is already masked until the very end. So you can kind of try out and see if this, uh, if this other person is going to be someone who's going to help you or if they're going to, you know, go off on their own and find the little glyphs and not really pay too much attention to you. So you get to try out friendships before you actually have to make yourself vulnerable and hi, cat. Um, the other part that I really thought was interesting is that the wayfarer, your character, it has no, it has no sex, it has no gender, and it's funny because everyone always assumes that your character is a he. Um, at least whenever I've talked to people about it, um, the other the thing that I had uh, taken apart in one of the things that I had written for in media res, um, it was the idea of a Bechtel test for games. So y'all know what I mean by Bechtel test?
1: No, you, about, you probably had to write that down.
2: Okay. Um, Bechtel was the, it wasn't the person who did it. It was, um, it was off of a person. Yeah, there you go. Um, it was from, uh, a friend who had told this person in the comic um, what what qualifies as a movie that she would go see. And she said that for her to go and see a movie, it needs to have um, at least two females. And uh, let's see. Does it have uh, two females? And do they talk to each other? about anything besides the main male character and it is very shocking. And when I found out about the Bechtel test, I started thinking about the movies that I liked and almost none of those movies passed that. Usually if there was a female character, they were talking to the male character or they were the love interest, but there was never a, you know, two females discussing something that wasn't the male character. Right. Um, the really interesting thing that that we did, because I worked on on this one with Dr. Peasley as well, is well, if you could have a Bechtel test for movies for testing whether or not this is, you know, maybe possibly a good representation for um, one or both genders, why why can't we have something like that for video games? So we tried to come up with something minorly equivalent to that, saying can the main character be a male or a female? Does that main character have access to all of the abilities from other characters? Cause all I was thinking is, you know, the females are usually the healers of the group or they're the support right. system or something like that. And I started thinking back to, um, Final Fantasy 10. Can you see there's a theme with the Final Fantasy thing? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's bad. Um, But when you're looking at the sphere grid, you have access to everyone's abilities. But it just depends on which one you want to do first. So, and then, uh, can that character, I can't even remember the last one that we said, but going back.
1: uh, Can the characters pursue a goal beyond killing a foe
2: or rescuing a female? Like, something has to be dominated, something has to be rescued, there has to be, like, this end goal that can only be reached by um, killing or defeating another thing. Um, So we were thinking about that and, like, what games would possibly pass that. There you go, the Final Fantasy uh, Sphere Grid. So you could start at any point with any character, and you could go anywhere with that. So all of the abilities are available to you. It just takes, you know, different amounts of time to get there. What so in was world? Of,
1: What is that
0: picture?
2: <laughs> it's, you it's, would
0: understand it, it if you would played
2: it. <laughs> it's okay. You You get skill points and you get to spend the skill points on whatever ability you want to do in that area. Like, do you want to learn a spell or do you want to get greater attack kind of thing?
1: Oh, okay. Okay. I just, it just looks like pretty art. It was beautiful.
2: It was <laughs> like, there's lots of circles here. Yeah.
0: So very cool. So then um, with the Bechdel test, like what, what, what games did you find that like met those uh, requirements?
2: It's really tough to find games that meet that, like that set of you know totally ambiguous criteria we we racked our brains over you know what the criteria could be for quite a while and like journey was a huge example of that it's like you don't know if the character is male or female the abilities are all flatlined because right. you don't have to worry about them too much and the end goal is that you have you know, you you've reached your destination. You haven't had to, you know, truly destroy anything to do it. Um, but so even does, in,
0: sorry, go ahead.
2: Oh no, like even in playing journey, like I know you said that it had like the, you know, like a little bit of a sucker punch to it. It's like, <gasps> and yeah. almost every time that I play it, I haven't been able to play it very much, maybe about five or six times. Um, every time that I get to the end, I just get all teary eyed because, um, have you ever played it where uh, somebody writes something in the snow at the end?
1: What? Yeah. Wait, they write something in the snow? Like I I was there and somebody sat down for a long time and I was like, get up, let's go. Maybe I don't (laughs) need you. So they write?
2: Yeah. Um, you use the character and if you look at like some journey fan art, Um, they'll have pictures of you know somebody writing a heart in the snow and that just that's like saying thank you you know good game I really enjoyed playing alongside you and so you can like write a heart in the snow like move your character Mm. to draw that out and so it's like they're finding different ways to communicate in a game where the only thing that you can do is just put the little symbol above your head with that little ping.
1: Yeah, I, chir- I chirp all the time, and that's like, Hey, how you doing? Let's go this way. Come with me. Hey, it's fun.
2: <laughs> that's how yeah, I... I... know, I feel like a chipmunk when I'm in there like, Hey, hey, friend, hey, hey, No, 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 come over here. The glyph is over here. The glyph- Why are you going that way? No, Wait, do come you have, here.
1: Do I have a white fa- wayfarer? Did you get the white yeah. one? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I only played uh, two times, and the second time I was with somebody that was showing me all the glyphs they were they were white and I was, I was excited for that and i didn't get to finish but i love that idea that they're trying to find new ways and other ways to communicate that drawing yeah. in the snow I, walking shapes that's awesome
0: yeah that's really that's such, a really cool a great game so then the the only other question then that i have is like um with the bechdel test does a game like the last of us work with the bechdel test because I mean, Ellie is such a strong female, despite being young and despite, um, I don't know. I mean, Ellie and Joel both lean upon each other, right? Like mm-hmm. they're, they're two, two pieces of a compass that lean on each other to survive. And um, so in that way, does The Last of Us fulfill the requirements of the Bechdel test?
2: I don't think that it requires the it fulfills the whole requirements of that Beckett test but I think it was a huge step in trying to represent uh you know both genders in more positive ways because you have Joel who's this extremely hard-hearted who's gone through like extreme trauma I cried within the first 20 minutes just so you know um He's gone through extreme trauma. His heart is very, very hardened, but he he figures out how to be a human again. Right. Like this, this disease, this outbreak, the the cordyceps fungus um, did more than, uh, you know, take away the lifestyle that he had. It, it literally took away um Pieces of him from the inside and it had nothing to do with the actual virus or, virus or cordyceps fungus. Right. But so. it, it showed that he, he doesn't have to be like this big, huge, macho, unfeeling thing when he finally figured out how to be, how to reclaim who he was, which was a huge part of that game.
0: Right.
2: Um, that's when it got really dynamic and. Ellie was she was very strong and you can al- you can always tell that she had aged beyond her years. You know, oh. like mass catastrophe will do that to people.
0: <laughs> right. Well and the DLC, the left behind DLC yeah. really ties that story of Ellie together as well and, and solidifies her as um as really her like her own character. Like she's mm-hmm. she's someone who has a life and an entity and a personality beyond joel which yeah with the original game like you only ever see her with joel and so um yeah very interesting well we are we're just about out of time drew is there anything that you want to ask robin about
1: um can we find some sort of video game slash digital media research that we could just Published together. Let's just let's just find yeah. something They give us an excuse yeah, no, to play I'm, games and put videos with it.
2: I'm totally up for it. I did a paper on Last of Us, so
1: there you go. There you go. That, see, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking yeah. for some research.
2: Popular Culture Association, Broadcasters Association.
0: Yeah. Yep, that's yeah. What I'm I feel like, like the only I could have got it away with something like that with you, Drew, because of this podcast. But like the only other teacher at. On campus at Weaver State, that I feel like I could have gotten away with writing about a game would be and by Lois, like yeah, yeah, doc and is freaking. it's not
2: getting away with it, trust me it is it is hard
0: <laughs> no for sure, but I like there there are professors there that I think if I wrote that they' You're totally like, discount it, yeah.
2: yeah yeah
0: this doesn't count as a real thing, and I think I would, that's
2: why I wanted to start you know being a professor and started to integrate things of gameness into pretty much every aspect of life because they're already here.
0: Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Well, and it's, yeah. And it's playing a huge role in pop culture In, um, even, I mean, it's, it's taking over. So thank you, Robin, for being on today's show. We well, have thank you
2: for having me. pushed
0: almost an hour and 40 minutes. So it's almost two o'clock here. So I'm going to try and go to sleep before I have to work a trade show tomorrow. Um, Good luck to you. I get to watch kids all day. It's cool. That's awesome. So um, if you have any questions, like to join the conversation, you can email us at littlebigcast at ktdata.net. You can follow us on Twitter at littlebigcast. And um, we also should probably give Robin a shout-out.
2: Her Twitter
0: handle is at Robin Hazlett. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, it's really creative. I know. It's like first name, last name, Squish.
0: It uh, sounds pretty it works professional, and mine is at Jeff Hawks. So <laughs> to, like pointers. So cre- creativity I... be damned, it's effective. Um, and you can follow Drew at Night Twenty. Yep. So um, that's
1: where you'll find me at Night Twenty, and that's my creative handle that I've had for many years that I'll
0: never disclose. I'm gonna figure it out one of these days, and then I'm gonna write. Ev- I'm gonna just put- let I'm let it out. gonna write a. Pu- I'm gonna write a paper about. <gasps> what Night 20 is. <laughs> okay. Night 20, the, the source of Night 20 it's, is something that you can't even find on Google. That's how weird vipsky. it must be. Like, if you can't find it on the internet, you know it's pretty dark. <laughs> it's not so, dark.
2: It's not... Is like Night Rider. No, <laughs> yeah, I'll go with that. Let's go with Knight Rider. <laughs>
1: hey, Michael, would you like me to so, drive you here?
0: Very cool. <laughs> well, hey, uh, so thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. A major huge thank you and shout out to Dot the future dr robin yes, Hazlett. thank you robin uh thank you so much for thank joining you. us we hope to have you on shows in the future anytime thank you want you. to just hang out um we would love to hang out and just chat games so uh yeah that about wraps it up so casey you can just kick off the uh the <laughs> out music and yeah